podcast. I'm Brennan. I'm joined by Steve and Rob, and I'm sure that they have filled you in and made fun of me quite a bit for missing the last couple uh, recording sessions, but I'm back now. No, so we never do that. that. <laughs> don't worry, Brennan. It's not like, you know, we don't have video or audio evidence of this. Everyone will hear it, including you eventually. <laughs> I'm excited to uh, experience it with uh, the rest of the world here. Um, anyway, today we're going to be talking about uh, a few events that we managed to attend uh, over the weekend here. Uh, one of them with uh, Hogarth Malt, um, a relatively new and small operation in and around uh, Calgary. Uh, Rob will fill us in and the details there. And then as well, we held our, I think, our first official tasting and uh, sampling session out at Winter's Turkey Farm over the weekend. So we'll be telling you all about that and all the fun stuff we had. Um, mm-hmm. First, I'm going to kick it over to Rob there to talk about Hogarth. Sure. So uh, Hogarth is a pretty interesting place. It's a uh, husband-wife operation, uh, Alex and Aaron uh, Hogarth, <laughs> hence Hogarth Malt. Um, <laughs> uh, they're pretty cool duo, actually, super friendly. Um, interesting fact is uh, Aaron, Aaron used to be uh, one of the brewers at uh, Ribstone Creek. So he's very knowledgeable. He knows exactly uh, what to look for in a malt. Uh, so it's interesting that he is now malting. Yeah, um, that's quite the quite the leap. Yeah, well, it's pretty cool. So they have, so yeah, I was out there for uh, in Alberta. I mean, they had the open farm days, which is basically um, any farm that decided to participate. They, it was basically an open house. You go in and they give you a tour. And an explanation of how all the equipment works and everything like that is is really interesting. And uh, Hogarth being brand new, um, and this being their first time they're doing open farm days, they weren't expecting a lot of people there. Um, and when I showed up, there were about five or six others, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not oh, I guess I should say that, but it's like, I guess I also was the way we were talking to each other is just like our expectations were not." were set so that there were not going to be a lot of people there and there were way more they, they thought they'd get maybe 10 all day and they had uh, you know they had 10 just while i was there um, <laughs> um <clears throat> and if if you know i guess one of the lessons i learned there too was i should have brought more samples to leave with them <laughs> so, <laughs> and we almost kind of set it up where uh, uh like brendan and steven there you guys were both um, down at Winter's Turkeys there, uh, and I, we probably could have set up another booth at Hogarth and and done tastings there as well. But you know, next time. Yeah, kind of a lessons learned sort of thing. Yeah, so it was it was really cool, and um, and kind of a side note too. Uh, one one of the little, uh, pilot brewing systems that we were looking at, you know, the the Blickman. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Aaron uses that, Aaron yeah. uses that there. He's got it set up there. So I was like, so I got to see it. I was like, huh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool to be able to see what see real life instead of just pictures on the internet. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. They have um, a malt floor. I've, that was the first time I've ever seen a malting floor before, um, and 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 how that works. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, uh, what was well, I why don't you take us through quickly how that was set up and how that works there, Rob? Because I don't know if 
everybody everybody who's listening would have the picture in their mind of a molten pour. Sure. It's um, just so fundamental to the, you know, the whole process because <laughs> every barley grain that's actually used in brewing beer has to go through this step first. Right. Yeah. I guess for, for people that don't know uh, or have never really delved, dived into it, um, uh, the grain that you use to make beer is called malted barley. <clears throat> so you, when you grow it in the field, it's just raw barley. It needs to be germinated. And the way they do that is they, when they harvest all this grain, they put it basically in a giant bin and uh, soak it in water. And what they're trying to do is, I guess, uh, quote unquote, trick the grain into thinking that it's, uh, you know, springtime and that it's time to start growing. Uh, and that's exactly what it does. So it... Um, this grain kind of starts to open up and starts to try to sprout, sprout out. And, um, and the reason this is important is because this is when the grain starts to, um, uh, starts to release its sugars in terms of, you know, what it's going to use for food to fuel its growth. So what you do is when it, when it gets to the German, when it starts to do this, um, they eventually want to stop stop that because you want to maintain you want to hold that sugar so that we can use it for beer and uh uh the way to do that is to kill it right so um and basically kiln is like uh, think of it as like a very large oven you're basically baking the grain uh to make it to make that uh reaction stop so it stops trying to grow and kind of goes into dormant stage or whatever and then eventually that gets bagged up and then you uh and then brewers use it to make beer. That's mm-hmm. super, super short version. You can easily get into way more science on that stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah like it, uh, it's, yeah, again, critical because like pretty much except for like your other grains, like your, uh, your wheats and your oats and all that kind of stuff that might go through a slightly different process, but like fundamentally all beers start uh, from that grain and from start on that floor and it's just from there whether or not they get you know kilned for a little bit or they just get uh, roasted for a little bit or you know, depending on what the process is that's right yeah and, and roasting grain is pretty similar to uh, roasting coffee beans i think more people are familiar with that mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's just you you basically roast it for whatever you know kind of color you want to whatever kind of flavor profile you want and that's how you get your darker like black malts and chocolate malts and uh, biscuit malts and all that kind of stuff is just it's the time that that barley is just underneath uh, just getting heat applied to it so yeah i mean um uh, so yeah the whole garth was pretty cool setup had uh, uh the room where they where they uh let the let the grain kind of sprout out. They they do it. Um, they dump all this grain on the floor, and the room is kept fairly cool. Uh, I can't remember what temperature it was, but it was like it was like eighteen or or twenty. And because when we were there, when it was like thirty three or whatever it was, it felt nice and cool in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and and yeah, and then they basically have a rake. Well, I shouldn't say basically. It is a rake, and then you have to keep kind of stirring it around so that all these like sprouts don't uh 
tangle themselves up and just make a giant knot basically and then you can't use the stuff because you just won't be able to pull it apart um and yeah yeah it was really really cool and um uh aaron i guess being a brewer he also um he also had some of it on tap some beer on tap of what uh uh like a homebrew right he just had some homebrew of of where he was using that malt and testing it out um yeah he had an ipa it was actually quite tasty I, i don't know what hops he used and he was like it was kind of a weird choice to do an IPA when you're trying to showcase your malts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not really letting it show up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they have another event coming up here on September 4th. Um, uh, called a, uh, They're doing like a little homebrew meetup. And basically they want people to uh, pretty much do the same thing. Come check out the facility, brew a beer with the malt and uh just kind of just hang out and have lunch and stuff and um since we had just met or whatever and we're both kind of businesses uh they uh they uh gave us some malt to try out and uh so for that event uh i believe we're going to try and uh well, i shouldn't say i couldn't try uh, we're going to be meeting up here to make some beer out of that malt but this will we'll do a more of a malt forward beer and we'll bring that into the to the meetup for people to try mm-hmm. so they can kind of taste what the malt will taste like or could taste like in a beer. Indeed. Fantastic. Yeah. So what did you get from them? Just a, a pale malt or? Uh, hard to describe it. Um, kind of a pale malt, but it's uh, it's darker. So, you know, um, I don't know. Kind of like a biscuit malt or something like that? It's, uh, I think it, really. you said it was closer to like a Munich because it's like just okay. past the pale the pale malt and like the pilsner malt kind of level it's srm's like i think it's like five five to seven and that's kind of getting to the munich malt range so if, if you make a smash with it it should be like a light amber color maybe <laughs> i, I tasted <laughs> yeah. some of it and i think it would make pardon me a really good english mild or um or an english bitter like an esb mm. if only one of us had a recipe for that we can make one. It just means it'll be your first time doing it, but yeah. But you have an ESP recipe, don't you, the, Steve? That's what I was implying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were going to say yeah. something there, Brendan? I was going to say the first uh, all-grain beer I did was an ESP. Oh, nice. Look, and I still have that one. Yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah. And uh, they also gave us... Uh, oh, they also gave us some samples of a biscuit malt and... Um, uh, something that would be kind of similar to a chocolate malt. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so I was thinking we could maybe try and do some kind of uh, almost like a brown ale or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd if be we got fantastic. A, if we got a chocolate, well, we could even push it into a porter. Mm, it's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we don't have that much of the chocolate. It's like maybe a pound or something, but yeah, it depends how big okay. the batch we make, but yeah. Some uh, some live recipe development we're we're having for our listeners here. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have in the pantry? Okay, this and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just start grabbing stuff off the shelves and shoving it in, and see what happens. <laughs> well, that's great. No, I'm looking forward to that uh, brewing it up and tasting the malt and follow up with Hogarth there. Steve, do you want to take us through the other exciting event of the weekend? 
Indeed. So uh, we partnered with uh, Winters uh, Turkey Farms, uh, just located pretty much straight southeast of, uh, of Calgary. And uh, they had, again, the Al Alberta Open Farm Days there. So we had a, our beer was in the beer garden. They had purchased it for, for sale there for a bit of fundraising. And we actually got to set up our first booth and give away samples. And uh, it went really, really well. So <laughs> so funny thing about the samples is that uh, I brought way too many samples. I brought, so they themselves uh, bought about five flats of beer to sell throughout the day and they sold pretty much all of it it was a nice hot day and people really liked the beer it was fantastic i brought that same amount as samples <laughs> so uh and for samples like you give out a four ounce pour that's you know pretty pretty standard and yeah i just i was like i don't know how much to know it's like who knows i i and just threw all those cases in and then we used about a flat of beer in, in total. Uh, and it's just like, okay, <laughs> next time I can dial it back just a bit, you know, about half of what I brought would have been more than sufficient. Uh, well, to be fair, Steve, I was worried that you weren't going to bring enough. So I also brought a flat of beer for the sandwich. <laughs> and, and, and Rob, I know you had a similar concern. Yeah. And I, yeah, <laughs> I also brought a couple flats. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that happens. Well, I mean, it, w it was, our first time ever doing that and we had no idea what kind of numbers to expect so exactly um, so i got the numbers later from uh from lyle and laurel who were our contacts at the farm uh they had roughly about 200 people that's including children but 200 people come through the farm and we lost count but we were up in the 80 plus range for giving out samples so uh pretty much but i would say every adult that came through except for uh, a couple exceptions, uh, tasted our beer, which was uh, really, really good. And it was also the debut of our, you know, our table runner, our branded stuff from uh, the printing house uh, care of Aaron. So Aaron, if you're listening, thank you again, very, very much. Uh, the stuff was great. It looked like nice and professional. Uh, the whole thing went off like really, really well. But, uh, but with that, <laughs> yeah, we set up uh, during the day and it was oh of course smoky sky just this beautiful like on the qual air quality index it was like an eight or nine or something like that so you could barely see the sun and it was just soaking warm and <laughs> just we, ha we had an umbrella uh, that was used to basically just shelter the table and you could just see us moving it throughout the day as the sun moved in the sky we're like okay we're at the edge of the table okay let's move this over and try and keep the ice in the bucket to keep the beers cold sort of thing uh yeah, we, went, overall, we went through a lot of ice too oh yeah we went through like four or five bags of ice and there's actually there was like six there was more even in the uh in the coolers just again keeping the beer cool but uh overall uh we had very positive feedback on the beers um because we were sta we were stationed outside the beer garden so we were getting them tasting and then they could go right to the beer garden and purchase beers that were uh, going the profits were going back in the egg society uh and except for one guy one guy didn't like the stout who said he probably didn't like the stout tried it anyways and goes mm, nah i don't i don't like that <laughs> that's okay beyond, you know for a tasting i don't expect a hundred percent approval exactly. rate anyway 
yeah and it was just like especially like a stout on that kind of hot day like some people were were into it uh some people weren't and that's fine but we were primarily trying to market the uh the missing piece and the kiss sale and uh yeah it's just this one guy who was like that that's not my thing it's like okay that's fine sir do you want another thing and he just walked off i'm like oh okay see you sir uh <laughs> but beyond that one guy uh very very positive feedback like people thoroughly like the beer um and uh we're actually unfortunately trying to buy the beer off of us and we had to tell them uh sorry as a contract brewer we can't sell you this beer we, you can buy it from the beer garden or look at it at our you know your local liquor store requested in because uh, yeah there is at least I'd say a dozen people who wanted to buy like a six pack or a 12 pack or something. Cause they really liked the beer, which is very encouraging. Yeah. It was also a little bit awkward. Um, <laughs> trying to explain to people the legislation for us of why we're not allowed to sell them directly, but we're allowed to give yeah. it away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It makes for an interesting conversation. Oh no, sorry, I can't accept your money for this. Yeah, <laughs> makes us seem just like an overly generous brewery, but it's it's a weird legislation. Yeah, um, as a counterpoint to the one guy who didn't truly appreciate the stout, there was also um, a nice older lady, and I I'm, I'm trying to remember she was either Chilean or Colombian. I, I think she was from Chile. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. And spent five five or ten minutes talking to us and had sampled the blonde was like oh no that one's i don't really like that and then the amber is oh i like that one more than the stout oh this is really good here's what we do with this type of beer in chile um mm -hmm. and apparently there's a, a preparation for it that is appropriate for breakfast you had uh some cream or some sugar uh, i'm not sure if she stopped by the booth later in the day i had to duck out after after lunch there to kind of explain it but it's <laughs> yeah, something sadly, that she didn't we should definitely look up it's yeah, it we, is, we yeah, might have to do some research like a, on that. Like it's it almost like a good. coffee preparation because, yeah, yeah it was a cream yeah, yeah. and sugar sort of thing. And then she talked at length, too. It was um, uh, for lunch. And it's because it was a, a low alcohol beer because it's 4.5%. It's not like the standard five. Uh, she's like, booths would be set up in her home country where they would, you know, workers would come in. Uh, they'd get some empanadas of various you know, fillings and all that kind of stuff and get a beer, you know, basically drink the beer, have the empanadas and then go. So there was actually a couple of preparations he was talking about. And it's like, Ooh, that actually might not be a bad idea from when we opened the brewery to do a bunch of like quick finger or hand food that you can just basically be like, yeah, here, take a beer and take this. And then you're, uh, a, a you're feeling the requirements of the legislation that you got to serve some kind of food, but B it's like quick and, quick and just here take this this has been you know cooked earlier in the day it's just been sitting in the warmer it's you know filled with delicious things and delicious and it pairs great with this beer so but yeah she was very <laughs> she very wanted to explain all the minute de details to us which we were just are like oh wow this is fantastic <laughs> that sounds awesome a great day for just meeting a lot of great people yeah oh yeah yeah there is uh yeah, yeah there super was, uh, friendly people. Yeah, super friendly. And a couple characters that came by. Oh, yeah. There, oh, was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was like a friend of the farm who came by and uh, we got to hear her whole life story. And then her and her like her cousin that was also there, we got heard her life story, too. And we're just 
<laughs> like we're, we're being friendly we're talking all that and it's just like wow this is like we're total strangers and you're telling me like details of your life okay sure yeah no it's great i'm glad you like the beer <laughs> hmm. uh, oh remember steve uh there was that one lady who was talking to us about um space that she had on her farm or whatever um because we were talking about trying to build one in a quonset or something like that and I, and I said that she looked familiar. Yeah. Well, I just clued into me now that I think, I think I know where I recognize her from. Oh, it, where? It would have been, um, it would have been at Annex Ales and this would have been a couple years ago, two years ago, cause it would have been pre pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were handing out hop plants. Okay. They're from, they're the, um, oh, they call them hop girls, uh, uh Northwestern hop, was it Northwest hop farms or it was, uh, oh my gosh, what is the name? Northwest Hop Girls or something like that, I think is what the, the oh, now it's bugging me. Now I got to look it up. <laughs> Northwest Hop Farms. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure she's from there. Oh, that's super random. Oh, well, maybe not. That one's in Chilliwack. I thought they were f- in Alberta. Uh, there was that farm. Oh, I can't remember where it was, but it wasn't it active and it accidentally, you know, came on hard times and went under recently. Or I guess last year it would have been. That was Paradise. Paradise. Hops. Oh, okay. Northern Hop Girls, I think, maybe. Yeah, I think this is. Yes, Windover Farms. That's it. That's what I was looking for. Huh. Well, we should uh, contact her and see if uh, oh, we can set up something with her with her hops and all that, because that would be fantastic. Oh. I think their website's down. Perfect. Oh, yeah, no. so it was yeah. definitely a great day for meeting a lot of great people. Oh, yeah. And again, like... There was a couple times during the day, like people who hadn't had beer in quite a while, or uh, or were adamant not beer drinkers, like they were more into the spirits or into the coolers, uh, had our beers, and they liked, you know, they might have not like not a lot of people had the stout, uh, understandably, but uh, either liked the kiss ale or the missing piece ale for different reasons. Like the kiss is a a little bit sweeter and it's a little bit malt forward. Uh, the missing piece is like really bright and very refreshing on a hot day, but it was, they're like, oh yeah, I haven't had a beer in a while, but I like your beer. And it's like, oh, that's great praise. Like, thank you so much. So with overall, like now going through the event and everything, I can't, you know, can't wait for kind of the next big tasting to do. Yeah. Uh, I think people get scared to try craft beers because I think a lot of people think IPAs and super hoppy beers. Um, mm-hmm. whereas ours are a lot more approachable. They're more malt forward as opposed to hop forward. Oh, actually. So that reminds me a lot of people, I'd say about a dozen or more than a dozen, uh, when we were, Hey, like, Hey, do you want to try one of our beers? Uh, they would spe- uh, specifically say, I don't want to have anything that's too hoppy because unfortunately in the industry right now, there's that drive to do like an IPA and it's like, hazy IPA, West Coast IPA, uh, you know, juicy IPA. And a lot of the clientele that 
were at the the farm days were you know brought up on loggers you know from you know old milwaukee molson uh budweiser bud light that sort of thing so their palate isn't really ready to have like basically munching on hops so they they see craft beer and they see the ibus or they see oh it's like oh there's like three different hops on this beer and it doesn't they, they don't like to taste it and that's a definitely a strength of ours our beers because we definitely are malt focused so it's like yeah don't don't worry like our hoppiest beer which is i guess the missing piece would be the hoppiest beer is like not hoppy at all by any standard like it's <laughs> like like that's the thing like it it qualifies as a blondale uh, but it wouldn't qualify as a, a pale ale because it does i don't think it has the minimum ibus for it which is i think 25 um or 30 or something like that and yeah and so like those people are asking us like oh i don't want anything too hoppy and it's like you don't have to worry about that with any of our beers the only thing you have to worry about is like uh, how uh, you know how much malt or you know a roasted flavor do you want your beers uh and you know to some people uh there was that one guy at the end rob i don't know if you remember him uh who we were giving away the samples and he had the stout and he was super happy with it because he's like it reminds me of you know beers from my uh from my country and then he tried to go over to the beer garden and order one and they didn't have it on tap yeah he yeah was so hurt and he's like you guys are mean yeah <laughs> because offering samples of stuff that's not for sale <laughs> and and i we, we eventually we gave him a like another sample of the uh of the stout because he liked it so much but yeah he was like legit he's like i love the roasted flavor i love how uh in his words bitter and uh and coffee like it was and he's like i i want to buy it and we're like great go to your local liquor store and, or, and ask for it because that's the that's how we spread our influence and spread our beer around our around the or not the country but the uh, the province so yeah he, he said it reminded him of uh, beer back home he's from cameroon ah yeah um he actually wants to learn how to make beer and he was wanted lessons so i was like, well, i'm like well you know i'm making beer on sunday so I offered him he can he's probably going to come over on Sunday to make beer. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, overall like uh between the Hogarth Farms and uh the Winters uh Turkey Farms, we had a, a like a very good weekend for uh outreach and getting our name out there. So yeah, I it was it was Saturday was long. Saturday was a long day, but uh, it was a good day. Yeah, it was a pretty long day, but it was a lot of fun. And um, I kind of regret not staying at, at Hogarth because um, there was a pretty good crowd there. And I, I think we probably we could have, you know, extended our reach a little bit more through um, being able to hand out more samples. But, you know, I guess lesson learned. Yeah, definitely lesson learned. Lesson but if learned, we... it's our first time doing this, and yeah, splitting our uh, <laughs> splitting our efforts going forward. It's a good way to go for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I I think that's uh, pretty good for an episode, uh, if you guys agree. But uh, yeah, if you have any questions or comments for us, uh, you can definitely email us at no problems at solutionsbrewing.com or find us on our social medias, uh, Solutions Brewing Co. on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, and the Twitter. 
And yeah, I guess we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah, thanks for listening, uh, everyone. And if you have any events coming up that would benefit from having some beer and some samples at them, let us know. Shoot us an email, and we'll be happy to come out. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All right. everyone. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone. Bye.